Welcome to the Thought Leadership Project, a podcast by Jay Harrington and Tom Nixon, exploring how lawyers can turn expertise into thought leadership and thought leadership into new business. Welcome back, Jay, to the Thought Leadership Project podcast. Tom, great to be here. Good to see you. Yeah, I think what we had in mind today was to take the advice of, of what I've been hearing since the early part of 2020, and that is to go with the flow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. We're going to talk about flow state today, right? Talk about flow state. Yeah, not so much going with the flow like we had to kind of, you know, just 2020, <laughs> wait for 2020 to stop happening. Exactly. Um, and here we are in 2021. So, yes, yeah, so a flow state, which is a, a topic you address somewhat in your book, The Productivity Pivot. That, yeah, I mean, that's where I got introduced to it. So, yeah, exactly. Start. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, I know it's it's coming off a day of this is going to be complete cognitive dissonance in the sense that I've I've been just like doing a million things today and bouncing back and forth and have not even been in the ballpark of flow state. <laughs> but but let's uh, let's try to get in the right mindset well, here. Let me ask you a question first. Yeah. Sure. Did you plan an hour of your day today to cut out all distractions and concentrate on a single piece of work? I, I did, um, but I did I didn't quite stick to it. Well, and the problem is I I feel like I have an excuse, even though yeah, that's the whole core concept of my book. But um, I today was invoicing day, uh, uh, so I was into that all day, and then I had was reconciling, you know, with bank accounts and all that stuff. So it was my, probably my least favorite thing to do, and I just yeah. had to tackle it. So I guess in this in that sense. If you can get into flow state invoicing, I guess I was in it. <laughs> well, some people do it for a living, but they're typically not attorneys or English majors. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was painful. Um, but yeah, all right. Well, let's let's dig into to flow state. What do you say? Yeah, I think we should first define for you know the people who are saying what the hell are these guys talking about. Yeah. Let's define what it is and in how you maybe discovered the concept or how you came to to learn about it and then work it into your book. Yeah, sure. So it's. It's basically, it's kind of a, a, an amorphous concept. Uh, you know, it's hard to define. You kind of know it when you feel it. Uh, but flow state is that, that period of time where, um, you know, you're working and sort of time starts slipping away. You are in the zone. You know, they oftentimes talk about athletes being in the zone where like the game slows down and they're just operating at their highest levels of performance. And sometimes, you know, that happens uh, when we're in work at work as well. So it might be when you're, sitting down to write something or doing some creative task where again, it's just like, you know, the, the, your productivity is very high. You are working free of distraction. Um, you're getting a lot done in short periods of time and everything just is really clicking as opposed to the state that I think, you know, we most often are operating in, which is, you know, as a contrast, which is like a distracted state where maybe, you know, we're getting things done, but not at, at that high level of productivity that flow state offers. Right. Yeah. And that's when we start using uh, multitasking as if it's, you know, a virtue as opposed to, and sometimes it's, it can be a vice. Uh, I'm going to have you pronounce the name of the Hungarian American psychologist that coined the term because it's, you had to spell his name at least once correctly in your book. Now let's hear you pronounce it. Yeah, sure. All right. So this is, I'm going to do my best here, but uh, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. So it's, it's not a, you, you, you never, no way you could pronounce the name if you just looked at it if you didn't, you know, if, if, as a, as a native English speaker. Um, but yes, he, he coined the term and came up with the concept and, uh, you know, he, I'll use, he, I have a def definition here from him, um, which is, uh, he described flow state as the state in which 
quote, every action, movement, and thought follows inevitably from the previous one, like playing jazz, which is probably something you could relate to, Tom. And do you have you ever felt like you've been in flow state with um, you know, your your musical endeavors? Well, yeah, it's weird because not so much. I, first of all, I like the jazz analogy, but I remember when I was in a band and we would get together to rehearse, and it was very high intensive, you know, work, and you're concentrating on a song or a set of songs, and that is the fastest time ever flew for me. We would look up and it would be literally eight hours later. Hmm. We hadn't eaten. We hadn't taken a break. Like, what the heck happened to the time? So I can relate to it from that standpoint. And maybe there is something about this whole, you know, when you immerse yourself in music, maybe it turns off certain parts of the brain that allows you to focus and get into this flow state. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, we've, we've tried to define it, but I think, you know, it's not worth spending too much time on what it is because it is one of those things where it's like once you've experienced it you know it and and I think probably everyone has has been in that flow state before where again you just feel like you're you know you and your task are one and you're really you're really you know producing your your highest level of work um and and it, the the problem is though it's fleeting right it's it's not something you can just simply call upon at any moment it's like you've got to you've got to get into that state and sometimes you can't do anything to necessarily harness it in in a, in in any given moment but as we'll talk about today there are some triggers that you can you can look at trying to tap into to try to bring flow state around uh, around and there's certainly some things that inhibit flow state from happening in the first place and and we'll dive into all of that in, in the episode yep it, what is the uh, the McKinsey study that you often quote too because I think this gets to why it's so important especially for a busy attorney who probably finds it very difficult to get into flow state probably has experienced it before when maybe really preparing for trial or, or writing the the high stakes brief but um the McKinsey study. So yeah. it, it examined people who were in the flow state relative to their productivity, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like this is one of the most important yet under discussed studies in business that, that, um, you know, should have much more prominence, but doesn't as far as I'm concerned, but basically this was a, a, a what I think was a rigorous study, um, that took place over a 10 year period of time. So McKinsey was trying to study the impact of flow state and, and provide you know some metrics around that. And what they found, they took a look at um, top executives and found that when they were in a flow state at work, they were 500% more productive than when not. So that that's pretty startling, you know, statistic when you think about it. Where basically, you know, if someone was in flow state for you know on on Monday, they'd basically be getting as much done as you know someone who wasn't for the entire week. Um, so, so that to me, uh, and I guess why I say that it's probably the most under discussed or, um, under, um, under utilized study in, in business is that you, if organizations can help foster an environment, in which flow state becomes more prevalent, well, you know, 500% more product productivity right off the bat. And, Think about what impact that would have on the bottom line. So I I don't know. It's a it's an issue worth exploring more of more about. Right, and a couple of things come to mind when you cite that number. So it's one, it's not incremental. Like if the number were thirty seven percent more productive, that would be impressive. But it wouldn't be so much to say, whoa, I need to drop everything to figure this out, figure out how to harness it. And then the other thing is is what you just mentioned is that not only should individuals consider how do they achieve work, uh, flow. Um, 
flow state into their daily routines, but then how can we do it at the enterprise level to make sure that it's happening team-wide or company-wide? And that's, I think, the real, as you're suggesting, that's like the real power of flow state. Yeah, for sure. So I think that, you know, we'll we'll probably be talking about it more on an individualized basis today. But I think that if, if you know, there's anyone out there who's running a team or organization, um, you can extrapolate some of the issues we'll be talking about towards, you know, your team or your organization and and think about how you can put some of these principles into practice in order to to make flow state a more accessible um, state uh, among your workforce. So um, I thought, Tom, you know, starting maybe with uh, some of the things that uh, inhibit flow state might help kind of frame the issue. And then we could wrap up with ways to maybe cultivate it and trigger it um, through behaviors. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does for me, because all I'm thinking about now is all of the distractions that are going to get in the way between me and my flow state, because it's only gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. And just the other day, you know, if I can have a quick aside and sound Mm -hmm. like an old man, um, you know, you and I are going to get active on uh, Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. And my first inclination was, I think I'm signing up for another notification. (laughs) And I don't know if that's what I want in my life. Right. Right. So I've worked hard to eliminate notifications and distractions. And so this is the whole point of that is not to sound like old man Nixon, but to sound like this is the reality of of life in 2021 is is we're getting used to. And I think in a bad way, in a deleterious way, we're getting used to the constant distractions and not only getting them and accepting them into our lives, but responding to every single one that comes our way. And I can see it with my kids. I can see it with me and I see it with my wife. We're sitting there watching TV and the minute a buzz or a beep hits, everyone's eyes turn towards that. And I'm thinking, what are we doing to our brains? So I'm assuming you've got some very specific things, but just life in general in the year 2021 feels like it's antithetical to flow state. Yeah, well, I mean, as as much as I hate to admit this, Tom, when you were talking there, I I did look over at my phone and I <laughs> and I actually opened it up because something a notification came through that um, it was an email from someone who I was waiting to hear back from, and so I just right. I just did the, I just did the exact thing you were talking about in the moment. So um, so I got I I put my phone away as I realized what I did. <laughs> I flipped I flipped it over. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think this whole, you know, this this whole concept of distraction is the the major um, obstacle to tapping into flow state. And because flow state does by definition require intense focus of the t- on the task at hand. You know, you need to be focused on one thing in order to um, be in flow state. And so, you know, multitasking, which, you know, is is almost like a misnomer because can anyone truly do two things at once? That said, there are a couple things I think that are true multitasking issues that people do get into. Like you, there are times when everyone will be participating on a conference call and responding to email at the same time, right? When they're on, when they're um, on mute. Um, so multitasking is one thing. What I what I often think is um, less often considered is that it's not just it's not just multitasking that really inhibits productivity and flow state, but also switching between tasks frequently, right? So, um, so let's say that I'm, you know, I'm working on a document, I'm working on some uh, like a brief or I'm writing an article or whatever the case might be. And I'm not trying to do that and do something else at the same moment, literally multitasking, but rather 
I, I just take maybe I write for 15 minutes and then I'm going to check my email real quick. But then I, my intention is to get right back to writing the article. But we all know the experience that oftentimes anytime we, we go into some new task, then we get caught up in that. And we go down the rabbit hole. Going on the internet, of course, is the worst because then you know you need, just need to check something out real quick, and then you're you know 30 minutes later you're still you know you're on whatever uh, website that you, you never intended to be on in the first place. Um, and and there's a study by uh, a, an academic by the name of Sophie, Sophie Leroy who found that when you're switching tasks, there's what's called um, I believe it's called switching residue which basically it takes, if you, if you move from one task to another, it takes 23 minutes from the moment you stop the second task that you moved on to, to get back to the first. So it's like, it's not just the time you spent on the other task, but there's the 23 minute uh, period of time until your brain gets back into the state it was in prior to you switching tasks in the first place. So don't multitask and don't task switch. Try to stay focused on one particular thing for a long period of time if you if you ever hope to get into flow state where you can be you know in that high level of performance that we all seek. So those are those are two big obstacles certainly to getting into flow state. Isn't it true? And I maybe it was your writing where I, I saw this, but the the science behind multitasking is not that you're doing two things at once. You actually are switch tasking mm-hmm. when you're multitasking. So. Yeah. Well, the, 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 there's, there's a distinction because the, uh, that was, I think that was, that was Sophie Leroy's study that I was referencing, which was that she was drawing the distinction saying, yeah, okay, there, there is multitasking and everyone knows that's bad. But what she was trying to prove was, but switching between the tasks is equally bad. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and oftentimes people don't consider that. So that's, that's the, that's the study I think that you're, or the distinction you're referencing, Tom, which is that, that switching residue that takes place um, when you go from one task to another. Well, yeah. And I don't want to dwell too much on this, but uh, what I've read somewhere, and again, I don't have it in front of me, but that you are, even when you're multitasking, say you're on a conference call and you're responding to an email, you think you're doing both things at once, but you're really not. You're actually focusing, the brain is only focusing on one of the activities. So when your name gets called in a meeting, when you're in the middle of writing an email, you always have to say, I'm sorry, uh, could you repeat the question? Because mm-hmm. your, your brain can't do two things at once, regardless of the science. We know that if you're multitasking, you're not single tasking. And that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. You need to focus on one task. Exactly. Exactly. And and I um I, I want to frame this discussion to Tom and and say that, you know, the objective here, if you know, for our listeners who are busy lawyers, what we're trying to communicate, and we probably should have said this up front, is that um, we're not suggesting that it's possible that you're going to be able to harness flow state for the entirety of your workday. That's just impossible. You're a busy lawyer. You're getting tons of inputs. There's a requirement that you sort of need to switch tasks throughout the day because you're going to have a lot of fire to, fires to put out. I mean, ideally, you could you know harness more flow state in your day, but that's not necessarily realistic to expect to spend you know a, an entire day in flow. But what we're really saying is that you know, if we think about harnessing flow state for, you know, your, your marketing in particular, like if you're doing thought leadership marketing, where you're creating content, if you can think about, you know, setting aside an hour a day where you're really dedicated to, to sort of pushing out all those distractions and saying for this hour, I'm going to, you know, flip my phone over, put it in a drawer. I'm going to turn off all notifications on my computer, shut down all browsers, and I'm just going to stay 
extremely focused. Maybe I'll set a timer for myself where it's like 60 minutes and I'm not going to do anything other than work on this article. And that, that's the kind of flow state we're talking about where like, can you set aside the time for your most important priority and try to harness this enhanced level of performance for that important task that you're working on? Yeah, right. Yeah, it would be impossible to, to, to live in 2021 and say, I'm going to avoid all distractions at all times and just be, you know, Zen master. Um, because there's t- certainly for attorneys, and I, I think for what we do too, the, the moment calls for being able to switch tasks quickly and get this thing out the door. And then I got to respond to this fire. And you can't just let all the, the plates that are spinning on their sticks, you can't just let them all drop. Right. So, yeah, totally. Uh, but, so that's a good distinction. That's a good, mm-hmm. important thing to make. And so, um, I guess one of the first things should be to identify what are the things in your life that you are going to prioritize to achieve flow state toward. Maybe that's a good place to start because it can't be everything. Yeah, right, right exactly. And, and so I think that gets to really one of the important points that we need to make when we're starting to think about like, all right, again, how do I harness this? Like, what are some of the affirmative things I can do to make it more likely that I can work at this optimal level. And, and to your point, Tom, it is about prioritization. And it's there have been um, studies that have proven that those the, the people who attach their productivity to some higher purpose, meaning some vision for their for their professional life that um, really allows them to attach some meaning to where they're headed in the future, have a easier time getting into flow state. So if you, if you have a vision and a clear goal as to where you want to go, then you're going to be more likely to be able to like shut out distractions and really stay focused and, and really work at a higher level of performance because you have something in mind that you're, you're headed towards that you really want to achieve. And that's, that's kind of a first essential step when we're talking about you know, achieving flow state is what are you, you know, what are you working towards? And I think that this whole concept of, you know, building a legal practice, um, you know, having uh, effective marketing, um, doing effective business development, that's an area where you can certainly attach a vision and a goal to, to those things, because that those are the important priorities that will allow you to, like we've talked about before, gain more autonomy, generate more income for yourself, have a more secure job, whatever the case might be, you know, those, those larger goals that you can attach your productivity to will help you stay at least more often in a flow state. And that was my, one of my huge takeaways from reading your book, Jay, is that um, if you try to achieve something like flow state at the tactical, you know, just, you know, I'm going to bake it into my day. I'm going to find an hour and I'm just going to achieve slow or flow state. And I'm going to turn everything off. You'll sit there in silence, probably wondering, okay, now what do I do with the time? And what do I focus on? So again, getting back to the big takeaway, the big takeaway for me was this whole concept of autonomy and not to get too big picture, but I feel like that is, you know, as I, I see attorneys have discussions on LinkedIn and they talk about happiness and they talk about, you know, what motivates them and should I stay in the career or should I find another career? It's all seems to come back to this. What kind of life do I want for myself? And having that sense of autonomy to me, that's the driving motivation for everything I do because it's not um, my purpose in life is not write great thought leadership articles. And so if I, if, if that was my goal, I'd be very, under-motivated to carve out an hour of my day just to focus on writing a thought leadership article. But because I tie it to this bigger purpose and this, this, this thing that I want to achieve out of life and not out of my career, it matters to me. So 
anyways. Right. It, it would be the same way that you would, you know, start an effective exercise routine or eat healthy or whatever. It's not like for the sake of doing it. It's like, you've got to have something bigger in mind. Maybe it's like, I want to be around, you know, to watch my kids get married or I want to, whatever that, whatever that higher purpose is we're talking about. We're not, we're not talking about, you know, sort of a, a spiritual purpose in this context necessarily. It's, it's like, what is the, what is the vision you have for your life down the road? And, and what is the thing that's going to allow you to achieve that? And, and this, case it might be you know again how do you how do you build a, a profitable practice for yourself because that's that's going to give you the um again the autonomy the freedom the financial security all of those things you're looking for to um, make your your career more enjoyable um and and flow state is going to help facilitate that in in terms of enhancing the your ability to produce great work um, in these realms that will allow you to generate more business. So that's, that's kind of the, the, one of the major points behind it. Um, and so that tying that productivity to a higher purpose, that's one important area. Um, another one is to really be sort of scheduled with your day, um, really finding that block of time and carving it out and making it, um, you know, sort of sacrosanct on your calendar where it's like, this is, this is the time I have, uh, I'm not going to find time to do this thing. I'm going to I'm going to designate the time for myself because that's what'll allow you to, you know, again shut out the distractions, turn off the notifications, um really bring a great deal of focus to your work. So, getting into a practice of really planning your day and and scheduling out your hours using maybe time blocking as an exercise to say at least for that hour of your day that you're doing this type of this type of creative work, um make that part of your schedule and, and that'll allow you to to better create conditions where flow state can become more available to you. Yeah. Especially if you work at a, at a firm or a company that somebody else has access and control over your calendar, because if they see an open block, typically they're going to slot you into a meeting. Oh, Jay's available at three o'clock on Friday. Let's do this. Not knowing that you had that plan. So I, what you're suggesting to get very literal is put it in your calendar for others to see that this time is not available. Otherwise you'll just, you'll sacrifice it because some other priority crept in. The, the reality is that priority is not your own though. It's somebody else's priority. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and then uh, the one other point, uh, and this is a, this is one that um, is oftentimes discussed and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do the pronunciation again here. Tom, so. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, yeah, uh, Mahaley Csikszentmihalyi. Uh, he he calls it seeking a challenge slash skills balance. So what he means by that is, if you do work, if you consistently kind of take yourself outside your comfort zone and do work above your current skill level, then you'll be more likely to you know bring greater focus to it and tap into flow state. But what he says is that it's there's a there's a right balance to strike. You don't want to get too far out of your comfort zone because that just brings too much that'll bring stress and um and, and actually inhibit flow state, but rather working on um, tasks that are around five percent more challenging than your current capabilities, that that apparently is the sweet spot for inducing flow state where it's like you're you know you're not bored by your work. It's not at or under your current skill level. And it's not so far beyond it that your you know your work is stressing you out. But rather it's just that little bit of a challenge that kind of forces you to really bring tremendous focus to what you're doing. Um, so seeking that, you know, continually just pushing yourself a little bit outside your comfort zone will 
tend to make you, you know, more productive in terms of what you're doing. Does that, does that resonate with you and your experience, Tom? Well, it does. And I have a perfect example in my own life, but do you have an example where you've, or, you know, of somebody who's taken themselves out of their comfort zone? Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, my own experience, I, I thought about that. I, I, there are, there are times certainly when I'm writing, um, you know, some of the, sometimes if I'm writing something like, I'll find you know an article or a blog post on marketing, for example. Um, it, that's usually in my comfort zone pretty squarely, and I you know I can I, I feel like I can fly through that pretty quickly. But I don't necessarily know if I'm in flow state. But sometimes in in books that I'm working on, there'll be just some you know it's like the book can't go on until I solve this problem or address this issue, and I just don't know how to crack it. But um, then then I do. And it feels like, you know, it's almost like this magical moment where you're like, oh, you got the insight or whatever, the, the creativity just came to you in a, in a way that allowed you to solve this problem. And that feels a lot like flow state. Um, and, and so that would be an instance, I guess, where it's like, you're, you don't know the answer. You're trying to solve like something that you're struggling with and, and you have, you're, you are truly having to bring a tremendous amount of focus and, and effort to that issue. And, and once you do kind of crack the code, it, it does feel a lot like flow. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my example. When I wrote my fiction novel, mm-hmm. you know, I've shared with you that yeah. like at a certain point, it just started flowing through me and that mm-hmm. felt like flow state. I mean, to use the word flowing through me, um, but, and it was because there was a story I even didn't know the ending to as I was writing it. And I felt like the challenge for me was to how do I keep a reader guessing until the very last page? And I, I was motivated by almost a fear that was like, there's no way I'm going to pull this off. So I was way out of my comfort zone. And so maybe it's these, these bigger projects are the things that also require flow state because you're not going to, I don't think, achieve a really big, important project simply by fitting it in between other tasks and priorities. Yeah, right. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, you want to, you want to, with the understanding that you're, you're not always going to be able to tap into the zone that, you know, you really focus on it when it comes to your, you know, your most important work, your big challenging projects that probably the projects that you're feeling resistance towards getting started with altogether. uh, But knowing that you need to, and knowing that the best way to do it is to really just, you know, find, you know, uninterrupted blocks of time and really dig into it and hope that flow state comes. So are there other ways to cultivate it, uh, either at the organizational level or the personal level? So obviously eliminating all the barriers is the first important thing. But mm-hmm. you, like I said, you just can't turn off everything and sit in the room and wait for inspiration to happen, right? So how do you cultivate yeah. or optimize flow state? It's just part of your life. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it is about really, you know, it it sort of sounds counterintuitive because, you know, it sounds like flow state is a real creative state. Um, You know, it's been equated to like playing jazz, which is very improvisational. But I think, in fact, you know, having a lot of structure in your life and in your work is the thing that's going to allow you to tap into this state, which allows you to be more creative and productive, because it is about, you know, again, creating those conditions in which it it, it becomes accessible. So it's sort of a paradox uh, where you think like, oh, I've got to, you know, if I want to be really creative, I have to kind of have a loose environment, but it's really about having a rigid environment where mm. you're very disciplined about how you're approaching your work in order to be your more most productive self. Um, and I think that's how individuals need to think about it. I mean, I think from an organizational standpoint, it's probably 
you know, cer certainly another episode because it's a it's a big, interesting issue. It's one I'm interested in in you know thinking more about. But you know, it gets just back to this idea that the the promise of having your team be be this productive is is so massive that um, it's worth really, I think, from an organizational standpoint, thinking about it more and and creating that environment where people you know, respect each other's time to be in flow state or to tap, you know, into these um, higher levels of performance. So things like not, you know, maybe there's a period of time during a day where, you know, you can just simply, you know, everyone turns their email off for an hour or something like that, you know, I, whatever, whatever it might be, but just, and that might not be feasible in a law firm environment, but in other ones, certainly it, it would be where you're, you're thinking about how do we communicate with each other more asynchronously um, as opposed to, you know, real time, everything's got to happen at once and we're interrupting each other. And, and as a result, you know, damaging our ability to be our most productive selves. Yeah. It, maybe it's a matter of baking it into the culture, the recognition that A, there is such thing as flow state, uh, B, there's benefits to operating in your flow state. So C, as a company and as a culture, let's be respective or respectful rather of other people's commitment to flow state. So let's allow email to be shut off for an hour. Let's not demand 30 second responses to a text because you know the person on the receiving end just might be operating in their flow state. Um, and maybe at the individual level, this kind of ties back to how you could maybe weave it into the culture. What I would suggest as a start is when you recognize that you're in this zone, and again, like you said, it's something that you feel once you kind of experience it, is then say, have the awareness to say, okay, I'm in it. I didn't plan this hour, but I need to shut everything down. And for me, it would be put on some music with no lyrics or no vocals and just stay committed to this. Look at my calendar and say, how long can I do this for? I maybe have another hour of this left in me. So mm -hmm. if individuals are doing that, and as a firm, you're understanding that people are committing to this, that you need to, I think, give people the permission to withdraw. And it's not because they're being rude. It's because they're trying to tap into something that's very powerful for the firm at large. So, yeah, I think we need to come up with a do not disturb in flow state little door hanger for yeah. uh, for everyone's office. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. Well, I think that's probably a good uh, good spot to to stop and and let people get back to their own flow state, but I think, you know, I, the big the big takeaways would be um, you know, limit distractions as much as possible. Um, you know, again, find that challenge skill balance where you're trying to push yourself outside your comfort zone and really attach your productivity to um, some larger goal that you can draw upon as motivation for purposes of working more effectively. Absolutely. And now you have permission to get back to that email that you got a little while ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Tom, as the PR guy, that this is a, it was an interaction between uh, a reporter and, and a client of ours who uh, we want to position for a story. So I, I, I got to get back to the reporter. You know what I mean? Yep. There is such thing as the real world and urgent deadlines. So, yep, yep. Got to, got to handle it. Um, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, Tom. We'll leave everyone there. We'll link to some resources in the show notes, including to, um, I can't say his name, but the psychologist's work. Um, there's some interesting charts and graphs on his Wikipedia page that I think might be interesting. And then we'll, uh, we'll link to your book too, in case people want to learn more about that. Until then, Jay, I'd say, uh, may you achieve flow state between now and next week's podcast. Yeah, let's hope. We'll see. I'm going to get off these invoices here shortly. <laughs> All right. Good luck. Thanks, everyone. And we'll talk to you next week. 
Thank you for listening to the Thought Leadership Project. For show notes, additional resources, and links to the tools discussed on today's episode, visit thethoughtleadershipproject.com. 